Hey guys, so the episode's about to start, but I wanted to give you a heads up. The audio we had a few technical difficulties with, and so it's not quite uh, up to par with some of the other episodes, but I think the content from the guests that we had on is, is pretty valuable, and so I didn't want to scrap the episode, but I did want to give you a heads up. Bear with us. Cue the music. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Core Console RX Podcast. My name is Mike Corvino. With me, as always, my good buddy, Cole Swanson. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by two very special guests once again. We've had multiple <laughs> guests in a row. Yeah. Good. We're just multiple two for guests. Couples. Two, yes. Yeah. This is great. So, introductions, guys. Tell us who you are. What, uh, what, are, you guys, you what are you guys about? Sure. Um, sure. So I'm a fourth year pharmacy student, currently enjoying my little break of two months off before I start rotations. Um, and what else would you like to know? What's your name? Oh, I'm Swathi. Good, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> um, I guess I can give you a little background. I'm originally from New Jersey, um, and I went to college at Carleton College in Northfield, Minnesota. Woo! And then um, wanted to change, so I moved down here. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Big change from Minnesota down to South definitely, Carolina. Definitely. Yeah. What uh, did you do undergrad down here too, or? No, I did undergrad in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. cool. How are you uh, liking MUSC then in the South Carolina life? It's just like a very different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed it, but it's just really interesting to compare and contrast like different parts of the country. So, is this your fourth South Carolina summer, or have you have you had more than that? So this is actually my first because I've either been out of town or oh, I've done really? my rotations out of town. How do you like it? Um, it's really hot. Lots of sweating. Lots of sweating. Lots of indoor time. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much between noon and like six thirty, you can't go outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or between you might five a.m. <laughs> and nine p.m. <laughs> if the sun's up, you don't go outside. Not go outside. It's too hot. Beju, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? We guys? finally uh, got you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Finally got me on there. Yeah, We've been talking enough. about this since like episode <laughs> two. Yep. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so. Uh, really excited to be here. By the way, uh, what you guys are doing is just phenomenal. Uh, you're, you know, you're bringing attention to our world, which is pharmacy, and, and in a way that's just so authentic. So I'm learning a lot from you guys. Um, you know, I'm trying to uh, figure out, like, you know, as far as how does a pharmacist uh, become uh, a pioneer of their field? Uh, one of my my roles has been part be part of sort of this innovation team at the Medical University of South Carolina, and what I'm learning is we often have a great way to manage uh, you know our patients, and and you know we're really good at managing um, a lot of things in in our practice, but we're so good at that sometimes that we kind of miss the picture, and we we don't think what else can we do as far as outside of um, practice and you know how can that then impact our patients and so thinking outside the box being a bit more creative so um i'm I'm very enthused i actually just came back from ashp summer meeting um, awesome in this past month and um we had the very first uh pharmacist entrepreneur uh session and there were actually a few entrepreneurs uh doing some great things uh, sam enderig and uh nate pd um that are creating some great solutions around of 
Um, so mostly technology-based stuff? Or? Mostly tech, so it's like uh, either uh, augmented or artificial intelligence um, and uh, also sort of machine learning kind of tools uh, and using those to uh, kind of either integrate with our EHRs or with our um, other technologies out there to make the problems that we kind of kind of come up uh, day in day out uh, kind of go away. So it, it's really just nice to see that they're solving problems leveraging technology in, yeah. in a very different way. So do you have an example of what that might look like in the yeah, EHR? Yeah. Uh, well, so there's a, there's actually a few things we're doing at MEOC that um, you know I can kind of share a little bit about. Sure. And um, it, some of the things are, that we've been working on lately have been you know definitely on one end pharmacy focused and on the other ends uh, very non-pharmacy focused but um i'll jump to just maybe something we're working on right now it's um uh, it's uh to do with drug shortages and you know you guys have you know heard about this you've seen, you've seen uh you know day in day out like we're getting uh hit hard uh, you especially know, last year it, it's, really bad for that isn't that crazy yeah um so you know uh what was it what was the thing that ha sort of the main events that happened last year? I mean, there was this like Puerto Rico the hurricanes, yeah, hurricane, yeah. right? So, um, I, I didn't even know we had like eighty, almost eighty manufacturing sites. Um, I know, you know, well, nobody did until that hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> so we're so we're at like, what IV bags now, or yeah. say you know, um, whole bunch of like common uh, items that we normally carried. Yeah. We're just like wiped clean. And so how do we mitigate some of these drug shortages? Uh, we'll have to defer to you know secondary uh, suppliers, or we have to defer to higher cost sort of uh, producers. And um, what we found is actually there's that you know our expenses for the health system, especially they're they're rising like exponentially because of these yeah. impacts. Um, and then there's also this uh, smoke and mirrors right from the pharma industry, this pricing sort of adjustments being made. So uh, one of the things we've created using this technology um, of machine learning is a dashboard tool that sort of looks at drug cost for our health system and then allows us to, first of all, standardize the price of drugs uh, or formulary that we need to buy um, from the list they supplies. And then also active surveillance, so looking at drugs um, on a daily basis and monitoring, seeing if they actually spike up in price or if they kind of, uh, you know, uh, bottom down and maybe we can find some predictive forecasting models around that but really on the surface level just saving on the price of a drug at any given time yeah so yeah it's it's pretty cool we're actually piloting it this uh this week we are we're on the second week of our pilot awesome and we're looking to save hopefully uh several several hundreds uh if if not a, mil a few million dollars of uh drug costs. really yeah so that's it's impressive a good adventure but again this is Going back to, you know, this is something a pharmacist um, as well as, you know, partnering with technology and a programmer or a developer can really do in a much more powerful way because we understand the context. We understand the level of complexity in our systems. And so um, that's the value we, we as pharmacists can provide to, to this new sort of era. Yeah. So if you guys didn't notice, we're talking about innovation today. A lot of that is in the form of... <laughs> technology um, and you know I think especially in the medical world and even pharmacy when people think of innovation and technology they think of robots taking our jobs or taking technicians jobs and they get a little uneasy about it but if you just demonstrated it's not really the case and uh, it's yeah. it's focused elsewhere right yeah literally giving us better tools to uh, do a better job essentially. Yeah. so yeah yeah 
And I think Shwati sort of noticed uh, a little bit of that too, um, just from the joining us on some of our uh, journeys towards innovation. Uh, so maybe you can sort of jump into that at some point later. I don't know if yeah, that... Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, what's kind of interesting is people like Cole was saying, get a little bit worried about technology taking jobs and this, that, and the other, where other people who you, who have that kind of go-getter mentality don't look at that as an opportunity of like, oh shoot, this is, you know, going to take my job away. I'm not going to be able to do this. They look at it as an opportunity for themselves to grow, switch to a different role and adapt, which is what you have to do to yeah. survive. I mean, you know, when people had bookstores and they had other, uh, they talk about the, when they had the, bookstores, I mean like when that, no was, bookstores that was anymore. a very prevalent thing. Amazon <laughs> wiped most of them out. I feel like that's safe to say, but you know, the, they talk about like truck drivers, like, you know, that job eventually going away. Like everybody immediately freaks out with the technology. I think it's, it's interesting to see the two different mindsets of an opportunity versus just the, impending doom right because you have the go-getters like you said but then you have others who aren't necessarily worried about it taking their job but they have been doing the same thing for 20 years and if this is going to be something else that they have to learn or get used to that makes them nervous mm -hmm. even if it's meant to help them um they don't always see it that way it's just an extra thing they have to do and and to learn yeah yeah it's a good point actually you know what uh really uh, thinking about there, there's a risk to everything, right? Like there's a risk to having a, a, your fixed income job um, or there's risk to like, you know, the entrepreneur sort of uh, journey, right? There's mm -hmm. always going to be risk. It really is dependent on, you know, what what is your purpose? And then also f finding folks that are in line with your purpose, I think is being key. So um, I just wanted to sort of mention as you go through this journey, while you're a student, while you're a clinician, I feel like I'm always a student anyway uh, mm -hmm. of life, and it goes back to your growth mindset sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, point. Um, while 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 you're going through these journeys, I think it's also important to just recognize that there are folks that have gone through the journey, and finding these sort of uh, peers or even mentors, I think, is highly valuable. So um, definitely, as part of my journey, you know. Uh, Mike Caputo, our CIO, Chief Information Officer at MUSC, has been our biggest sort of uh, champion and mentors for spurring these types of thoughts, but also pro providing us time to work on these projects. Yeah. Um, and so then paying it forward also, you know, uh, as, as practitioners, we should also pay that forward to, to students and, and make sure they have uh, a way to sort of navigate these uh, yeah, it's great when you have an employer who promotes and facilitates those sorts of things and yeah, exactly. employees who want to yeah. get involved in that kind of stuff. And if you're a student, it's important to get involved too. I think Swathi can speak to something that um, she worked with and uh, I think it was Google kind of promoting um, innovation within students and they got together and uh, worked on some projects. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, definitely. And then I actually wanted to mention something before that. So when you were talking about, you know, paying it forward to students mm -hmm. and everything, um, I was going to bring up the medical innovations group that was started on campus. And so that's just such a great opportunity. They bring entrepreneurs, whether they're, you know, clinicians on campus or they're just in the community because the Charleston startup community is kind of booming at the moment. Mm -hmm. So we just bring in so those far. people and they get to talk about their journey and field any questions. It's just like a very lax atmosphere in the innovation station. Awesome. There's actually going to be one on Thursday, right? 
Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah, that guy? Yeah, okay. That guy? Is that cool? Is that, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Talk about whatever you want, man. Here? We, so, we are all about plugs. So talk talk about whatever you want. So um, downtown Charleston at the Medical University, Thursday at 4.30 p.m., we're going to have our next um, meetup, and it's MEOC's Innovators Meetup. Uh, uh, basically, it brings in uh, startups, uh, entrepreneurs from, from our Charleston community, uh, to interact with our clinicians, our students, our faculty, and our innovators within um, MUSE, and, and just have the start have this conversation. So it's like really just getting together in a safe, supportive environment, um, and, and you know whatever happens, um, that's purely uh, secondary and outcome to like just engaging the community. So um, to Shwati's point, like. We've had some great, um, we've actually had some great outcomes. You know, um, mm -hmm. one, one of the things I think um, at, at our very first uh, meetup, actually, uh, we, we got to ha meet with a startup and, mm -hmm. and you actually worked, worked with them. With them yeah. mm -hmm. So maybe you could actually, you could like maybe talk about that just briefly because I, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so lots of awesome things have come out of that, like just inspired students, and I'm sure clinicians the same, um, me being one of them, definitely. Um, so towards the beginning, we had this like very cool pitch competition that MUSC hosted, and so that got startup companies from all over the state to come. Um, and I was really, really intrigued by one of the companies in particular. They were trying to create this neurofeedback system using an app to try to... I'm, I'm not like cure, obviously, but to like ail, to like kind of, I don't know what exact like word to use, but to try to help the treatment of ADHD and substance abuse. And my previous research is in substance abuse. So that was like very something, something I very much want to get in, um, into. Um, and so I started working with them. And so we had meetings like once a week um, and we'd meet with the two guys that started, so they were both serial entrepreneurs. Actually, one of them went to USC and studied business there, and the other studied um, psychology, and so they kind of joined yeah. forces. And they both already had successful companies before, so they had learned from their previous experience and brought that um, to the table. And then also there was, I think he was a master's student um, from College of Charleston, um, and he was working on some computer science stuff, and so he was helping with the prototype, um, but they were also planning to kind of outsource the prototyping to um, Launchpad, right? Yeah, and so pretty much we'd meet every week and talk about how the progress and project and everything was going, um, and um, oh, there was also a marketing um, chick on the team, and so she did a lot of that um, as well, and so I helped her with that, and then one of the main things I did is I served as a like kind of a liaison between MU USC and all the opportunities that are, you know, at MUSC and the startup itself. And so I know that they were looking into opportunities for starting clinical trials, especially when they got the prototype together. And so I was helping them create relationships um, in between. And then also, like, I'm really interested in brand management. So I got to work with the marketing uh, side as well. Awesome. And so it was a really great experience. And I would have never learned about that at all. If I didn't go to these meetups or obviously no Beiju or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how it went? Did they in clinical trials? Is it um, followed up at all? So as far as, do you know the update as far as? Well, well they did get funding. They, they, they did had, get they funding. funding for they had mm -hmm. uh, funding from SCRA, which yeah. really was the first seed, which was uh, $200,000. Uh, awesome. So the seed money, but it, it was it was good because it was it was really a great, you know, mm -hmm. they did, had a great pitch. and. And they and they and they scored, mm -hmm. um, but I, I think uh, to Swati's point, you know, it's 
it, what your role I think was was you're you're really the subject matter expert in healthcare. Um, if you notice, mm -hmm. like all, a lot of these startups, they they, they um, don't really have the healthcare expertise. So um, it's where like we come in as mm -hmm. clinicians. We add this is how we add value, um, and and it's even more powerful if you can innovate from within as well, um, because now you're in the front of the problem, you're very close to the problem, and you have the skill sets to solve the problem. I mean, that's just immeasurable in my yeah. opinion. So, yeah, absolutely. Good and point. it's actually like really fascinating to go through and see what is going on in neurofeedback right now. And so whether that was through like, you know, searching on PubMed or that was, yeah. you know, searching the media and seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. So like comparing like market research versus like with what is actually happening in like <laughs> the medical cool. field, yeah. that combination was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So how, how does that look in one of those patients? What are they doing to help with their ADHD? Is this to help them? Not, not to remember to take their medications. This is actually mm -hmm. some sort of treatment through the app, yeah, right? Yeah, so right now, um, I can give you a little brief overview. I'm totally not an expert. No, but, no, no. Um, there's probably trace secrets involved. I don't know. <laughs> no, definitely just not. I just mean like, so um, biofeedback and everything, neurofeedback right now, um, the way that it works is like for it to be effective, it's been proven that you have to go to a clinician's office. And first of all, the clinician has to be certified. And there's only like... I think it's like a double digit number of clinicians that are certified in the US. So it's really hard to find someone. Um, and then on top of that, you need to go in like three to four times a week for like three to four hour sessions. So like no one really has time feasibly to do that to get the results that they need. And so this was a way to like streamline the process and bring the care into the patient's like into their perspective, but also like, like their control. Yeah. And so if they had that app, they would be able to kind of have their own sessions on their own time. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. So, Swathi, so I got a question then, because you mentioned you really love brand mm -hmm. like development and all that. Mm -hmm. So this is something, and I haven't really talked about this much since in the podcast, probably since like episode five, so I'm going to bring it up again. <laughs> um, but 20, Every 20 episodes. Every 20 episodes, I'm going to bring it up and talk about it. <laughs> so my philosophy of the last, like, I don't know, 15 months or so has been, I think that with the way healthcare is going, with the way social media is going, I think that basically like you're gonna have these healthcare professionals that are clinicians that have like this like very, very micro celebrity type status, like on social media and mm -hmm. things like that. So that um, much like some of these entrepreneurs now that are starting to have this, like almost like they're sports, you know, or rock stars or right. sports players. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast before, but like, you know, he has his own sneaker now with cases. He's an entrepreneur. Right. Like it's, you know, bizarre stuff like that, but that would never have happened before. Mm -hmm. I kind of see that going in the same direction with healthcare professionals to where, you you know, they'll want a certain pharmacist or a certain, you know, PA or a certain physician to come to that institution mm -hmm. to teach because they know that their social media following is enormous mm -hmm. and they're going to have that many students follow them because they want to go to school with them. Definitely. And mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? What do you see kind of branding, like or personal branding mm -hmm. um, in general with healthcare? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think personal branding is really important. It's funny that you bring that up right now because as of now, so I didn't talk about what I want to do in the future, but I would like to do something in like marketing and brand management. Um, and so I would like to do that through the focal point of hopefully getting a, an industry fellowship at mid-year. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I've been talking to a lot of fellows recently, like current fellows, past fellows, um, who have been involved in these commercial roles. And personal branding comes up so much and how important it is now to market yourself in a certain way and the way you come off. Um, and so I think that 
like not only using that in the career sphere, but also on social media is just, I think it's going to take off and that's what's going to be next. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. We got one. <laughs> we got one supporter. We got one supporter. One supporter. <laughs> there goes all of our ratings on iTunes. Like you brought it up again. What an idiot. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so Bijou, um, you know, one of the things that I really, really enjoy about like what you guys are doing with the innovation station and all that. And, you know, I've, I've only, unfortunately, I've only been able to come like one time. You guys really need to quit doing it on Thursday nights and do it on Tuesday yeah. nights so I can come hang out with you guys. You guys are killing me. But, um, you know, it's just like just having that many people with diverse backgrounds, but being around like-minded people like that is really what pushes people who are go-getters to keep you know, you know, striving and keep trying to find um, that next, you know, mountain to climb, if you will. And it's one of the, one of the things I noticed. I was like, as I'm like walking around, like talking to people, I was like, wow, I need to go home right now and get back to work because I'm not doing stuff hard enough. And, uh, you know, just talking to how many people are doing such cool things. Like it's, it's such a good opportunity for people to meet and like be around that same yeah. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I, you know, I, I think one of the biggest, uh, pieces of this sort of meetups and these sort of building the community is is diversity right so like it's definitely like-minded sort of folks you know that are encouraged and you know so sort of support each other uh, it's also this factor of like you know you're, you're going to meet someone who uh doesn't think like you doesn't look like you doesn't even behave uh, you know behave like you um you know, maybe from another industry completely. And, and that's where the power of this type of uh, kind of community lies is, right? Like, you know, uh, you can maybe meet uh, a pharmacist and, and, and an engineer in, in one meetup and you might come up with a brilliant idea that actually there's been like, some great uh, automated uh, devices that have been produced born from that type of synergy, actually. Um, so like, you know, thinking about even meeting students at these meetups, I, you know, some of them might... Uh, best sort of uh, idea forming has come come out of that, you know, uh, well, uh, you don't have to sort of, um, I don't have to mention Swati again, but like, I mean, seriously, like there, there's so many ideas we've just sort of thrown at mm-hmm. each other, I think, um, in the past even few weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that sort of like awareness. And then, um, of course, you know, you, you have to take some of these ideas and take action on them and sort of keep that momentum going. Because I mean, ideas are just ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 99% uh, of, of whatever we do is is the work we put into it um so i'm not gonna go all gary v on you but uh i just want to i just want to I, would, I wouldn't stop it well <laughs> to, to quote like well you know some of some something i've learned from him uh, is you know i i i also like being the underdog right mm-hmm. um you know it's it's not about the ego it's not about what what your role is it's really about learning and making sure you do the best possible um kind of work out of whatever you're doing. I mean, really it's whether you're just, you know, staffing in a pharmacy to, um, you know, innovating in, in an academic medical center, uh, to being an entrepreneur. I mean, really, it's just, you know, that, that's the, the constant journey we're on. So, um, so yeah, I, I love, I, I just love being in that community and being sort of like my, you know, within like-minded, uh, sort of with like-minded mindsets, I guess, and, and being the underdog because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you never know what's going to happen right. and, and that's it, you know? And that's the best part. Like when you combine entrepreneurship or, um, you know, business development like that with the medical world, that's, yeah. what, I mean, that's what I like so much about medicine is you can play forever yeah. because there's no way you'll ever 
know everything. And to, there's, it's not like this game that you can just kind of get to the end. It's like, all right, well, now what? Like, that's, it just goes on and on and on. You need to play forever. That's, like, my favorite part of it. And and once you just, get to the end, you get to go back to the beginning where everything's different. And now yeah. you got to yeah. relearn everything. Or you just are too old and just call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're done. Yeah, we tried. We played hard. No, I mean, I just, that's, I love it because it's just, yeah. It never never gets stale. It's constantly changing. You got to constantly be evolving, yeah. and it just keeps going. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 totally it. Yeah, and you mentioned everybody being like minded and us being a community. One great thing about being in the healthcare field is that we all have an end goal, and that's patient care and good patient care. You mentioned a situation you had um, today where things can happen, a small thing that. Um, you know, while it may be inconvenient for me, ultimately affects patients. Um, and that's what it's all about, preventing those types of things and providing highest quality patient care. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Actually, it's funny, I, I had, I sort of had a thought, um, again, back to this uh, prof- profession we're in. Uh, we have such a great community. So we have, um, yeah, again, at ASHP uh, summer meeting and, you know, these sort of these uh, work groups that, um, I'm involved with with uh, informatics uh, specifically. Um, it just reminds you, you know, like even though I work in technology or I, I you know, do, out, you know, I work in worlds outside of pharmacy. Um, you kind of go back to these kind of uh, spaces where, you know, at heart you're a pharmacist, and you know why you got into it is because you wanted to make a positive impact to other people's lives in 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 a way where only healthcare professionals really know how, right? Yeah. And, you know, some of the best sort of piece of advice I've gotten is are from these sort of communities. And I call them my, sort of my home, my home community, right? Um, and I think there's value in just sort of building that community up. So um, one of my recent passions, I think, has been, you know, cultivating this awareness uh, for, to other clinicians, especially pharmacists. Um, you know, there's there's technology out there, but there's also uh, this entrepreneurial mindset that I think uh, can be highly valuable to you. Um, so, you know, whether you're working um, in a unit or um, working sort of in, in the community pharmacy world, wherever you are, like you can make uh, a change in the way you practice and change the process where it makes the entire system better for you as well as the patient. And, and that's where, you know, going back to these sort of communities with, with our profession, I think there's a lot of value to be shared. I, I, just, I just think that um, big organizations are very slow moving. Mm. Oh, yeah. so, mm. A lot of red so tape. You, so you, right. So, I mean, it, you know, that, that's the nature of big organizations. They're it's almost unbearable. Yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, like to, dis- like, to really disrupt an organization is actually, it, it's, it's tough, you know, and, and it, sometimes it, you know, really can't you have to like sort of go outside right um but i think the best disruption you can make is within yourself change your mindset and then ultimately you can make a bigger impact in the world so that's that's the message i want to share to the world there, you go. You there it is world <laughs> so one thing I'm, I'm always like kind of fascinated and cole and i have talked about this just randomly but um one thing that's interesting is i feel like pharmacists for whatever reason are so slow to adopt a lot of the new technologies, especially when it comes yeah. to like things like branding, mm-hmm. like yeah. we were talking about the P like PAs and I spend obviously a lot of time with PAs now since I teach, you know, for 
PA school and, um, you know, some friends and stuff like that are PAs. Um, Cole's married to one. <laughs> so <laughs> almost. almost married to one. So we, you know, it's one of those things we, we have that, them around us a lot now and they are on social media networking and promoting their profession in droves. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. And you put in things in the pharmacy world and there's like six people. The rise in, the, see, it hasn't always been that way because the rise in PA seems to be similar to the rise of pharmacists in the early, early 2000s because there was a big jump. Ooh, goodness. There was a Einstein. big Oh, it was Einstein. We haven't even talked about Einstein yet. We'll talk about him. Okay, we'll talk about him later. Uh, but there was a big jump in pharmacists in the late 90s, early 2000s, up to like 2010. That's kind of what's happening with PAs now. And with the rise of social media right now they happen to be all over and they're doing a really good job mm -hmm. um, promoting their profession yeah. it's good and you know what's crazy is people people see and I'm, I'm kind of veering back to social media just because we've spent a lot of time doing that but you know i see things like people still talking about you know, how students need to get rid of their social media they need to stop having an instagram before their residency starts and you know, I've said multiple times on multiple people's podcasts that that's the ridiculous, most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, just stop posting crazy stuff on there and be an adult for five seconds, and you'll be fine. Um, my stuff's wide open. All my personal stuff. You don't see me doing nonsense on Facebook and putting it out there for the world to say. Um, but you know, I see these perfections that are like taking advantage of it. You know, I watched the other day. I watched a ophthalmologist performing. I don't even know what the heck he was doing. Something a lot crazier than I'll ever be able to do. Oh, cutting open somebody's cutting eye. Cutting open somebody's eye on Instagram Live. And I was just like, yep, this guy's got it. <laughs> this guy knows what's up. And he's like promoting his clinic. And he had like, you know, 50 something thousand people following him. It was just crazy. I'm like, this guy gets it. Like he's using the modern mm -hmm. technology. And, um, you know, I've met because of like things like Instagram. I mean, I've met, I just got back from Miami two weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, being down there with a couple of guys that I've met through Instagram um, from RX Radio. And I had a guy from Pittsburgh that we met, a pharmacist up there, flew down to meet us. And, you know, the three of us worked on some projects. I mean, I would have never met those guys if I hadn't been for like social media. Yeah. So the networking opportunities, kind of like you're saying, your community, your community is enormous if you use some of these tools. Mm -hmm. And yet it's still looked at as like it's this, you know, evil. Horrible thing. He's always looking at his phone. <laughs> he's he can't even enjoy the day around him. Like, no, he's networking. He's networking in real time. Yeah, they say healthcare, the healthcare world is small, and they especially say the pharmacy world is small, mm -hmm. but it's a lot bigger once yeah. uh, you branch out of your immediate community. And even then, we still we, we met uh, Brian Gilbert from, yeah. um, you know, over there in Kansas, and he was like, oh, yeah, he knew like six people that we knew that had gone right. to us. It was like, oh, geez. Yeah, that's a small world. Still super small. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a so, tangent, but... No, no, no. I was going to say, like, uh, you know, Mike, I, I follow you quite uh, religiously now. It's, it's kind of cool because <laughs> you're, like, down the, just down the road from me, right? But, um, um, you know, I was, I was kind of curious. Like, you should definitely get Brian Fung, um, one of our pharmacists on YouTube, uh, on, on on this channel. It's like, he's, he's doing some great things on YouTube, and um, he's really just kind of doing, doing sort of um, storytelling in, in a different way. And, and I think that's part of it is like, you know, forming this narrative where you tell a story, uh, you engage with, uh, you know, a clinician, a peer, or, or you engage with like a patient in, in a level that we haven't done before. And I feel like you, you're right. Like there's this power in that, in that. And really we should be pushing the envelope in, in that respect. So um, 
I'm yeah, I'm yeah. very inspired by both of you guys actually. Yeah, we'll send him a uh, application to be on the podcast. And have him we'll have him fill <laughs> it out. Grueling application process. <laughs> hey, can I be on the podcast? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Okay, okay. cool. You're in. We'll figure it out five minutes before. Um, one thing though, so you're talking about how social media is like so important to like PAs and like how they're really utilizing it. But the one thing I want to bring up is what I think of is like the nursing profession completely, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. all like completely changed. They are so yeah. good for advocating for their profession, but mm-hmm. they did that prior to social media. Yes. So like, what are we missing? Right. Yeah. So in, in a, a big part of that is how many nurses are there? There's yeah. an immense amount of nurses. Um, and, and unfortunately, pharmacy will always be relatively small compared to something like that. But yeah, they had they were a massive advocacy force before social media. And now they own social media in other ways. Too. I was gonna say yeah, another massive. Uh, we have a, a friend of ours. Um, from, his name's handle on Instagram is the Fit Pharmacist. Um, and uh, Adam Martin is his real name. And uh, he's got a friend. Oh, he has a real name. Yeah, he does actually. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know until Miami. Um, but his, your name uh, is in Core Consult. Uh, oh man, who knew? But. Um, um, his uh, one of his friends um, owns the page Snarky Nurses, mm-hmm. and they just do like memes and things like that. She got three hundred thousand followers. Yeah, uh, it's, like all nurses. All yeah. nurses. They un- eat it. I've up. never never it. seen anything like it. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, well, I look at my six thousand. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's, That's cute. Yeah. Let's go home now. Right. <laughs> Take my ball and go home. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, they're all over it. Yeah, the nurses, the nurses, the nurses are very very good at it. Yeah. I don't know. You're right though. What are we missing? Mm-hmm. Gotta step it up. Come on, pharmacy. But I think, uh, honestly, you know what I've noticed about is if I feel like when as soon as we're willing to inner like collaborate with um inner and work interprofessionalism, that's when we start because my my Instagram stuff has actually started going up significantly from interacting with the PAs. Um, we know you know I know a guy named Stephen. He's his handles page the PA from memory. Um, super nice guy and you know lives in atlanta and he he's promoted me significantly and it was like it was it was funny because you know i would try to get these pas to follow me and they were like no no dude you're a pill pusher get out of here and then the second he was like no 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 no. this guy's cool like all of them started following me it's like they had to like give me the okay (laughs) and and you know from then on out now i've been interacting with some of them some of them even asked me well you know questions about antibiotics because they're on rounds and you know we had a patient today uh you know blah 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 I get to answer a question on Instagram like that to other PAs and yeah. just it's interprofessionalism is you know yeah. I know MUSC is so big on that it's 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 a big yeah. factor on Instagram too it yeah. turns out and another part of the collaboration is um, if you can show your worth to say a nurse mm-hmm. um, and they want more pharmacists involved in their care now you have nurses advocating for pharmacists mm-hmm. or if you're a PA and you want you, and you collaborate and show how you can um, you know help out these other professions and you're gonna have them uh, advocating for you mm-hmm. as far as legislation goes, because nurses can get legislation pushed through. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Pharmacists can, and it just takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one thing to consider. Well, and you know, I think having that respect, mm-hmm. like it's everybody's so quick to be like, no, 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 we're the best. No, 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 we're the best. And like, if you just stop and realize, like, yeah. and appreciate yeah. someone's specialty, like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's easy for me because like, you know, my sister-in-law works in transplant as a nurse. So I see how hard they work. I could never yeah. do her job. I would be fired in five seconds. <laughs> and it's, it's, my mom was a nurse for 10 years. Yeah. 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 It, it's and my sister's hard, a nurse as long as we're yeah. throwing it out there. It is a hard <laughs> job. Beju, what nurses do you know? <laughs> I, I was born, so I guess, you know, ultimately, I guess you met a nurse at some point. Probably in my life. This person to touch you was probably. Right, no, exactly. Maybe. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, like, having that appreciation and, you know, seeing, like, 
you know, like, oh, well, the, you know, the PAs only went to school for two years. We go to school for four. Like, you know, you don't understand how difficult their schooling is. And having an appreciation for the other professions right. plays a big factor because you put that ego out of it and it opens up a lot. Which doesn't doors. take anything away from the professions exactly, that are no. traditionally known to be, you know, um, highfalutin like doctors and whatnot. Yeah, but no, of course not. We're trying to raise up the underdogs. Well, and it's not even just raising, it's just like getting out of it. Like, as a, I see a lot of pharmacists that are like, no, 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 we're the drug experts and we know everything about, the, you know, it's like they, they like, let the ego start to creep in and you gotta, you gotta fight that because it, it really gets into the way of, uh, you know, your interprofessional networking, especially. Let go of your ego. Let go of ego, man. It's not important. Nobody thinks so, you're fancy. So does that mean you're coming on Thursday to our meetup? So that that's like I will. I have perfect. to. I have to work. I have to work Thursday night because you have to schedule it every <laughs> Thursday. I have to work every Thursday night because well, of the teaching at the school. All right, fair so, enough. Well, we'll Tuesday. Have, we'll we'll make a special thank event you special for Tuesday. Your and if so. we could be on the brochure too, that'd it'll, be great. It'll just be, right. it'll just be you and for Beijer. Sure. Just, just me out. and Beijer hanging out. <laughs> that's fine. I'll be there. Let's go to that cool coffee shop. So, I, well, interestingly enough, you're you're actually one of our uh, guests on on our our meetup uh, fireside chat actually mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago, and uh, I don't that, know if I'll... That, that was like almost a year ago, basically. Yeah, it's okay. It's been a few months, but um, it's September. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, you know, I, well, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to like send another invite for uh, for for another fireside chat because I, I remember the last time you actually. Uh, First of all, they um, all cheered me on and they, they cheered told you me on, to do all right. it. All right, tell the story then. Tell the story. Go they on. said. No, <laughs> so Beiju had told them that I had been formerly a professional MMA fighter, and so then they were all like, "We'll do a move on Beiju." <laughs> I said yes, oh by the God. way, which he is did, my first mistake. He was like, "All right, cool, let's do it." And Might have yeah. been your last mistake. Well, yeah, right. I let you down very gently. I just threw him over my head. Well, you really I, did one. I, no, I, I did one, and I, right. I threw him hard, but I caught him and I laid him down nicely. Yeah, yeah I, I almost fell asleep after that. <laughs> yeah, I laid him down, nestled, nestled him into his bed. No, it was pretty funny. Well, one guy asked me a question. I forget his name. He asked me a question, and then someone was like, "Yeah, we got to see Beju get thrown." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't even go worry about my question." He just like wanted to. St- it's like, man, these guys are really turning the backs on poor Beju. <laughs> Throwing him under the bus. I don't know if it's good or bad, but everyone talks about that. Really? Uh, so there's, it's still like the highlight of that's of funny. Meetup, so it was brand like, recognition. Yeah. Well, you know what's yeah, funny yeah, is what's funny is my wife because she's seen me fighting, you know, in real life a lot. Obviously, for you know, not. Like outside fight. of yeah. uh, MMA. <laughs> no, 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 not outside of MMA. <laughs> for money, for in right. a professional setting. Um, and uh, so when I when I set that up, she yeah. said she said before I even moved my hip, she's I knew it was coming. She's like I was oh there he goes. <laughs> so she, it was she pretty, it was all she, over. She's like yeah yeah he's gonna hip toss him right there because I you know she see me set it up a bunch. It was pretty funny. Right, right. But yeah, that was a good time. That that, that was, that was like time, yeah. I felt I still feel like that was I had yeah. no business sitting up there talking, but. It was it was a cool opportunity to get to do it. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to help you guys with. I'm really everyone here's way out of my league, so I'm just going to talk. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's an important point. You know, it's funny because I sometimes I think they call this like imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've heard the term, but it's it's where like you know you don't think you're worthy enough because you haven't reached or attained a level that you know you shouldn't be in that role, that position, that you know sort of um, in our case, the fireside chat. And what I'm when I sort of got out from um, sort of reading these articles about imposter syndrome, is um, really it's 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 perception, and I I totally think you you were right for that time because it, it's it's really the value you're pu- you're pushing out uh, you know around that time it it was immeasurable, and just like you know talking to other clinicians it's like you know they they often think you know oh you know 
should I like speak up? I, I don't think it, I don't think I'm well qualified or, you know, I don't think I'm the expert on this, you know, sort of um, discussion. And what I find is like when they do, it, it just opens up this new sort of um, uh, avenue of, of discussion or thought that wouldn't have come about. So like, again, diversity equals innovation. That's exactly why I wanted you to be there is because you're providing this like next level of diversity to fuel the, the next round of innovation or whatever, you know. Um, and, and since then, it's always been about a year, right? Since then, we've had like these amazing guests come on. Uh, Just you know, way better. And, and, and way better. No, I was kidding. <laughs> they didn't throw me. That's the, the that point. They there, probably so. didn't. That's true. <laughs> I was forced. <laughs> But I mean, it, it's just it's just continued on since then. The momentum's carried on. So I mean, I I, I definitely have to thank you for for oh, part of, of that. So that was super fun. It was awesome. a blast. Yeah. And and now we can get better with the uh, cameras and all that stuff. So if we ever do it again, we're ready. Yeah. Of course, you guys have it on Thursday, so I can never go. So <laughs> that's fine. I'll just watch you from YouTube. <laughs> so, good, so so Holly, tell us about the. Uh, you started to talk earlier about the business um, competition and stuff you were in. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, like sure. the actual competition part? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this is a Google Startup Weekend, right? Mm-hmm. You want to, okay, mm-hmm. so Google hosts various startup weekends around the country and around the world. And so what they do is they bring in this team, and the team kind of gives everyone a little spiel, and people come ready to pitch their ideas, like super primordial ideas. Um, so about 20 people go to the front. They kind of give their 30-second pitch, and then the judges decide, okay, these are the 10 best ones and we're gonna let you guys just see what you can do for the whole weekend and so it's about 72 hour process from the beginning to the end and once those 10 are selected you can join whatever team you want and so there were projects from like there was one in healthcare um the one that i was on was local politics which is phenomenal um there was um a shopping app that ended up winning and lots of feelings about that but um (laughs) anyway so um yeah, so we just worked really well, and it actually feeds really well into this whole interprofessional discussion, too, because even, like, interprofessional outside of the medical yes. sphere, mm-hmm. because I think the reason our team did so well is because we had someone interested in graphics. We had someone who was an app developer. We had someone who was an accountant into business, and then we all just kind of worked together so well, um, and we all honored each other's different expertise and I definitely learned a lot about each one of those things as well, even just over a few days, just because I was able to have that opportunity. And so they did that in Charleston earlier that year too. So I think they're trying to do it two times in 2018. So definitely keep a lookout. It's called Google Tech Stars Weekend, and you can just Google it and see when the next time they're coming to your city. And it's for anybody, not just for students? Yeah. Oh, it's for everyone. So some of the people in the room already had like successful companies and they were coming back to try another idea. Hmm. Um, Actually, um, one of the the girls, so the way I learned about it is um, she came to one of these like fireside chats um, on Thursday and she Mm -hmm, kind of was like, oh, (laughs) Um, she was kind of telling us like, okay, this is happening this weekend if you're interested. And the way the reason like she's so passionate about it, she got involved is because she went with her little idea and now she has a full fledged business with like 10 Mm -hmm. employees. (laughs) Um, And so like she's like living proof that it works and like if you have other people who believe in you as much as you believe in yourself that you can do it. Um, and so, yeah, just like a really great experience. I like wish I was in town for the next time. Yeah. That that's happens. cool. So if you're interested <laughs> in innovation, technology, mm-hmm. business, 
And you just like, like want to learn good. about other things. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And all of those things, even though we talk a lot about the different healthcare professionals, all of those things are involved in healthcare. Because what is what is a hospital ultimately? It's a business. Mm-hmm. What is, you know, insurance? It's a business. So all those things come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the future look like going forward for you guys? Yeah. What are the plans? Uh, well, so just to add to that, you know, uh, we do have a lot of new kind of initiatives coming out with innovation. Uh, Startup Weekend, of course, mm-hmm. is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be actually posting uh, our Charleston um, one coming up very in very uh, next few months, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you follow us on MUOC Innovators, we'll post it there. Um, but we'll be bringing some pharmacy students, but also some other students from uh, medical students and some other students from the mm-hmm. colleges uh, to it. So we're being, we're, MEFC is going to be a partner basically um, in it th- for this year. That's awesome. And I think that's going to be pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in, in healthcare in general, I think there's going to be just a lot of uh, move, movement into sort of the technology space. So you, you can kind of envision wearables, you know, things like the Apple Watch, but all the way to, you know, the commenters that sort of track patients when they're outside of hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, in their home. Uh, now we're going to be seeing some really great things come uh, to fruition from getting that data, which is really where this all lies, by the way, is at the core. It's getting good data, getting that data back to the hands of clinicians to take care of uh, patients. So uh, MEOC is going to be opening up essentially their EHR in a way where it's, first of all, secure, secure and controlled, but also in a way where that interchange or that sharing of data can occur. Um, so one of the things we're moving towards is being uh, compatible with Apple Health Kit. Um, and so this concept of smart on fire, if, if you've heard of this technology, it, it really just is a way to open source innovation. And uh, Apple Health Kit has uh, started the uh, uh, sort of fueled the flames, so to speak, in that realm. So uh, we'll be seeing a lot of, I think, a lot of innovation around of this. Um, and you'll see it's going to get on board uh, very soon. And so, you know, we may be able to, you know, hey, let, let's, let's bring on an app developer, uh, maybe a computer science kid from the College of Charleston to develop an app, uh, maybe say on pharmacokinetics. Mm-hmm. And then let's see if we can inject that app uh, or overlay it on top of um, our uh, IT system. You know, things like that. Yeah, it's just cool. a little bit more transparent, a little bit more um organic uh in nature than we have had in the past right just because we've had proprietary systems in the past and so yeah. uh, data hasn't been able to uh move as well as it, uh, flow as well as it it should for patient care um so there's a lot of cool things from the tech angle from the community uh side of things um and then really just um you know going back to this attention economy like you know you you're promoting a brand you're promoting um, you know, clinicians as a forefront of, of, of this sort of digital uh, landscape. Um, what I what I want to do is maybe get some of our students involved with let's let's start a YouTube channel. Let's start uh, some you know some podcasting perhaps. And so uh, you know I think these are some things you know taking sort of uh, lessons learned from you guys. I, I think this is something we need to work on. And I think it'd be really cool if you approach the College of Pharmacy to see if you can make it like an elective credit or like a special project. 
Because then I think that'll like incentivize students to do that. Find the ones that want to do that. Yeah, definitely. Heard it here first. I I don't know of any. This is just happening. I like it. I don't know of any colleges of pharmacy that have Alexa flash briefings every single day. I can set that up for you in like ten minutes if you want. Let's do it. And even video briefings, all that stuff is very easy, and it's literally because I had this idea for PA school, but and everything's so slow because you have to. Get permission, get and all and all that. That, which is why I'm, I'm glad to have the core console stuff because then I can just like okay. do it. Um, but like with the PAs, I said, you know, we should do something that's like from the classroom mm-hmm. and literally just have bits and pieces because I record my own lectures for the PA students okay. and put it on Blackboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, I'll, I'll start it off and like literally just take five minute sections of my own lecture and just put that as the flash briefing so that students start to actually hear real classroom mm-hmm. lectures um, before they ever even get here, like undergrad students to promote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're in the process of looking to see whether or not we can use the name and all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, it's one of those things that like, I just don't understand why people don't take advantage. There's so many There's opportunities sure. and that's nothing, yeah. like yeah. that would take five yeah. seconds to set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, a hundred percent, go for it. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, well, they, they even have the fourth years. One of the things I'm supposed to grade on is how innovative you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Come for oh, those things. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and that's one of the things the preceptors say, that it's like the hardest, you know, the hardest thing to actually yeah. kind of like, how oh, are you supposed to be innovative? Yeah. I'm like, well, there's lots of ways to be innovative. <laughs> yeah. And so I, th- I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, to get the students thinking that way. And I know, like, Dr. Christy Britton was good about mm-hmm. that with the P1s yeah. when she took over that class. Definitely. Because um, I know she had I helped her out a little bit with that, like, being one of the people that they could shadow and stuff and mm-hmm. showing just the different things you can do as a pharmacist is, mm-hmm. is super important because it is not just yeah. Yeah. Two, two jobs available. Yeah. It is infinite. I, I know. I really think we have some innovative uh, faculty. Oh, yeah. and, and really just... Uh, pharmacists um, in, in our field it, it's really just figuring out how to do that in a focused and collaborative way I think is, is key um, you know but I, I you know we just had a conversation with uh, uh, Dean Dean Hall mm-hmm. um, at the College of Pharmacy and you know he, he's He's just absolutely thrilled. That's awesome. That, yeah, that, you know, he seems very interested. Yeah. He, I was talking to him at the uh, um, the like preceptor dinner thing, yeah. they had, the, yeah. the casino night mm-hmm. thing, yeah. and um, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, and uh, on it. sorry. <laughs> and uh, I was telling him that I started using <laughs> Snapchat to put like daily Netflix questions on, mm-hmm. and he was like super. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, that's great!" And he's like all excited. And I was like, <laughs> "All right, that's pretty cool." At the end of the university, he's like excited that I'm using Snapchat for students. <laughs> So it was it was cool that he you know got excited about right. that. Right. Well, and, and the fact is, you didn't really come up to him with an idea. You actually said you're taking action on this, and I think that's yeah. the key. Is like, just do it. Yeah. Like first, the first yes. point of anything, any of this really, is just just starting somewhere and doing it. And actually, a piece of advice from my one of my mentors, uh, Mike, was just 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 do it. See where it goes. How how are you gonna know where 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 the success is? I'll, unless you do it mm. right so uh, i'm a big fan of that philosophy i don't think more than five seconds yeah, I was like, yeah let's go yeah eating no i'm not coming you're a big nike guy just I, do it yeah i, I can't stand. that's how we've lived, like run the podcast since day one <laughs> is that what we've i was it? like no, no we're just gonna do that i don't care let's nice. go let's see what happens if it crashes and burns we'll don't do it again next time <laughs> and it's been fine so far so, so speaking of which um uh, you know, I was talking to Shwati about uh, what she's doing at 
is our uh, free medical clinic. Uh, yes, and, tell us about that. And I was just like, it's astounded. So, because you just did it. So. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've heard bits. Of, I've right. heard bits and pieces. It fills in. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I heard about. It's called the Shifa Clinic in Mount Pleasant, um, and I had heard about it. You know, and so I was like, okay, I have to check this place out. So I went with um, one of my classmates just to see what it's all about, and I wanted to meet with the coordinator. And it is literally a place like I've never been ever before I was telling you about yeah, this. Yeah. Um, I feel like they look at the patient holistically, which I feel like they don't really do anymore. Um, no, I don't want to generalize, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so they're willing to spend as long as they possibly need with every patient. They offer everything from like family med to peds to OB. Um, they bring someone like an optometrist in every so often to do eye exams for mainly diabetic patients. Um, and then on top of that, they have someone who a lot of the diabetes educators are really, really good with all their nutrition knowledge. So after that, they have their little bit. And then after that, they go to the back and there's a food pantry because they work with the Low Country Food Bank. And so awesome. they can get all that knowledge and then literally go get the food yeah. and leave, oh, which is cool. amazing. Yeah. And then they also have a clothing closet. Um, so you can go also as a patient and take whatever you need. So it's just looking at the patient as a person, mm -hmm. which I feel like is lost a lot of the time. Um, and so after I found that out, so they um, have a physician dispensing pharmacy. And so they were really interested when I said, like, is there any way MUSC could get involved? Um, and so we set up a program. Um, I ended up working with Dr. Starrett. Okay. Um, and we set up a program where we sent P2s, um, one I think it was, yeah, one afternoon a month about, so like the fourth Monday or something. Mm -hmm. um, and they went and did Medrex. And then the third years were in charge of the diabetes education program. And so we would go and talk to all the diabetes patients. It was really great. So speaking about the EHR and everything that you brought up and having it be more delocalized, I guess, um, we were able to access all of their charts prior so we could work up all the patients and me and the other students that were going before. It was great to just discuss that and then able to, then we were able to talk to Dr. Stair and kind of relay our ideas and ask him any questions. And then it was just one-on-one, -on -one, us with the patient and like, we were able to do everything that you would want to do that you've learned in like an OSCE or an OSLI and you could actually do it because you had the time. Yeah, time yeah. And you got to do like the actual foot exams, which like hadn't done that since like one right. OSLI. So like that was a really, really great experience to like know to how to actually do that, to get really good experience on how to actually talk about nutrition because I think that's just so important mm -hmm. to diabetes and everything and we just don't have a lot of practice in that. Um and then personally for me, most of their patients speak Spanish and I speak Spanish. Oh, do you? So I was looking for an outlet. I thought moving to the South meant that I would speak a lot more Spanish and that's absolutely inaccurate <laughs> yeah. in Charleston for some reason. If you go to like 15 minutes to North Charleston. I think that's right. the issue. I need to like my, leave the my wife's, my wife's pharmacy has a lot of people that speak Spanish mm -hmm. and she does not. So she's like constantly needing help mm -hmm. and so like in college i worked as a translator kind of like on the side like in a clinic oh, and so wow. i was looking for something like like that and so i was not able to use my spanish until i was able to do this program that's yeah. really cool that's awesome wow yeah so it's it's been a really incredible experience and um we're having the so the one of my I guess, like, Peer, who was in charge of the second year program, she's going to move on and be in charge of the P3 program next year and manage all those students and everything. Um, and then uh, we just had interviews for the um, P1s that are interested in running it next year. 
we had 10 applications like these like everyone has so much passion so much excitement like about amateurs i was like very very overwhelmed like, it was That's so awesome awesome, awesome. yeah so we ended up picking two people um and we're going and doing an orientation at the end of the month and getting them like all acclimated to the atmosphere and like meeting the staff and everything but um, I just really hope it's sustainable and I can come back in like five years and see that like the program is expanded. And this is something Beju and I were talking about is yeah. it's like yeah, so yeah, great same. that this clinic exists, but obviously there are other places out there like it. We just don't know it yet. And so I would love to come back in five years and see more mm -hmm. clinics get involved because as of now, the College of Pharmacy only has that one program <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, there's CARES, of course, but CARES is totally more focused on the med students, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, this is really, like, for pharmacy. Hmm. And they really do look to the pharmacy students for the knowledge. They trust us. Um, yeah, it's just, like, a very great learning experience. And I just think it benefits everyone. Mm -hmm. Benefits the students, of course, the patients, as well as the staff there. Cool. That's mm -hmm. awesome. It's a really cool thing. W where's the clinic at? Um, it's in Mount Pleasant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll uh, if you ever need Cole and I to come hang out with you guys, we'll do we'll mm -hmm. pick a night and come Happy out there. To. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, um, I'll definitely put you in touch with the people who are going to run it this year. Cool, for yeah, sure. That'd, that'd be, be so awesome. Cool. Go out there, say what's yeah. up. Mm -hmm. Dr. Stare, I'll tell you what. He's all over the place. I hope man. he's listening because <laughs> he's like one of my oldest mentors. Um, you know, he's been a huge advocate for me since day one. But mm -hmm. uh, he. He's got his hands and he's going for legacy. He's not he's not playing around. He is yeah. he is taking I was names. working the other day and I got a call from a uh, pharmacy student working at Better Clinic and I said, Who's your preceptor? I said Doctor Sterrett. Mm -hmm. There you go. He's killing it. Yeah, killing Eighteen it. clinics a day, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, basically. Basically. We need to get him on here. Mm -hmm. Talk yeah. about this stuff. Yeah, he's he's doing big things. Telehealth, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. We'll get him on here soon. Mm -hmm. And we actually um so I did a project with him that we're writing the manuscripts. I actually just talked to him earlier today too. Nice. Um and so we were looking at um, survey data, and so we gave surveys to all the third years right before finals um, for them to fill out like 10 questions about how they feel, like how they perceive their preparedness for APPs. Um, and so that's another thing he's involved in is like helping students like get involved with research and really tabulate the data and help us write the paper. So that's mm -hmm. like pretty much what we're in the midst of right now is he's going through and making edits and we're going back and forth and everything. Awesome. So it's just like a, you know, super comprehensive learning experience. That's yeah. very cool. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had my, I've had one thing published since I graduated like three years ago. And uh, it was because, you know, he, he wanted me, he asked me to jump on a paper with him. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. He's that he's got me the job with my diabetes education. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's he's helped me out quite a bit since I graduated. Mm -hmm. So he's a good guy. We'll get him on the podcast. We'll get him on. He's trying to avoid us because he's too busy, but I don't care. We'll go to his office. <laughs> There's two of us. We'll bring the equipment down there. Yeah, that would be a good idea. We yeah. finally get all of them. It'll be the traveling podcast. It'd be cool. We can do that. Cool. cool. So got anything else? What else, guys? Anything else going on? Bajian, you mean you can go forever. I mean, I mean, I, I, I know we can for sure. Um, you know, the one thing I guess, um, you know, I wanted to leave you guys with is, you know, really what you talked about with, with sort of research and staying in, in front of the community, sort of providing value. Uh, one area I think that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of folks already doing this, but there's a lot of folks that I've noticed that aren't is literally looking at treating patients, going back to this, treating the, the patients using data and becoming almost like data scientists. Like I think there's a huge 
niche and huge area opportunity for pharmacists emerging and senior alike, you know, where we, we have an opportunity to transform the way we sort of practice um, just by knowing how to use data in, in the way where we can make those transformations occur. So like whether it's using data to tell a story, uh, data to show results, uh, data to provide outcomes, evidence-based medicine, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it goes on and on, but I, I really think this is where uh, we have landed ourselves in the 21st century is like really moving towards this era of like technology and data to drive the next stage of patient care. So um, I would love to get more folks involved in this um, area. And one of the things I think we're gonna have to chat to with the colleges Get, let's let's get let's get an elective on board and let's mm-hmm. get get started for sure mm-hmm. um, but I, I think also let's connect with other uh, pharmacy uh, ph- pharmacy entrepreneurs and pharmacy innovators around hopefully around the country um, and let's let's collaborate in a, in a way you know where we form a community to solve some of these biggest problems. So, so one of the things when you were talking, um, I just thought of, so um, Dr. Hall, of course, super interested yeah. in innovation and yes. everything. So he wanted to provide the students with more opportunities. And so one of the things he started this year was um, a class focused simply on like getting into industry about the industry, various functional areas and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what if we use like his pilot idea of that course where he brought in a bunch of speakers, there was like an online portion yeah. and we use that for the entrepreneur pharmacy entrepreneurship course as an elective yes. or something like that. I yes. think that that formula would work really well. Let's not rework a wheel, right? Yeah, exactly. Kind of the on. wheel's already yeah. there and it's yeah. good. So you just <laughs> I like yeah. thinking. This is a true entrepreneur in heart, by, by the way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. Inception of great ideas happening yeah. on Core yeah. Council Podcast. Whew, you heard yeah. it here, here <laughs> folks. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time well, to hang out with us. us. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. We'll do it again tomorrow, wherever. Yeah. Why, why not? So, yeah. yeah, we really appreciate it. We'll definitely, uh, if, if Beiju can never yeah. switch the days to Tuesday, we'll come and uh, visit. and uh, one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. One day sounds good. Um, so, real quick before we go, for those of you watching the video. I did want to mention him, yeah. Yeah, I figured you did. Yeah. This is our uh, Einstein. He just points to his head like he's thinking. He's our new mini mascot. I don't think he's going to take the place of T-Rex or Rex. He's definitely not. No. And he doesn't have a cool name. He doesn't. We'll think of Einstein. I can't change his name. E equals RX squared. Oh boy. Uh-oh. That's what we, happens when we do it on the spot. We talked about this. Like that. We do not make up nicknames <laughs> on the air. This is true. But uh, yeah, I saw him at the uh, Science Museum when I was in Miami with mm-hmm. RX Radio and the fifth pharmacist and literally couldn't get the money out of my pocket fast enough. <laughs> so yeah, this guy's coming home with me. Oh my. Yeah. He'll be around. Oh yeah, right. Desmond. Always camera. And and Always I guarantee some didn't mention him. People were just like, "Oh boy, I got another dumb thing that's making sense in the podcast." <laughs> Love it. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you have any questions, uh, you know, reach us any of the social media platforms. And, and thank you guys as always for the support. Thank you for the question or for the uh, comments and likes and all that stuff that you guys give us. Um, let us know if we can cover any topics that you that you want, and we will see you next time. Later.